Well, it's been an exciting morning so far, and we're going to continue with the excitement. We are looking today at one spirit, one body. What does it mean to have, a, if you like, a corporate baptism? Very appropriate after some individual baptisms today. And we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 13. And Dan set the context for this beautifully last week. So if you haven't heard last week's message, I do recommend that you listen to it um, if you need a recap. But basically, it's about the Apostle Paul who is bringing instructions and correction to the church in Corinth. And we're going to pick up the story at, um, at verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 12. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body. Note, God has placed the parts in the body. Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And we had a fantastic example of this this morning. Some of us were at the top of Castle Hill um, praying. And, uh, oh, it was cold. But we were praying for the town. And there were five churches represented there. And it was one body praying for our town. It was fantastic. It was a moment. Um, and the illustration of the body is brilliant for giving us an understanding of how we operate. But we just have to be careful that we don't take it too literally. Because if we do we can end up in a bit of trouble. So it's a supernatural body. And so we have to look at it in a supernatural way. Otherwise, we could end up with that kind of thing where you're like, well, I'm a preacher and a leader in the church, so I must be something in the head. Possibly quite important. Maybe the mouth. <laughs> or we might be the other way around. Well, I'm not a leader. I haven't been a Christian very long, I'm too young, I'm too old, I don't know anybody, I don't fit, I don't know what I'm doing, so therefore I'm probably the pointy bit at the end of the appendix, and you might even be able to do without me because everyone knows that you can have your appendix removed and still live. So we do have to be careful how we look at this description of the body, but we can be more than one thing at once because this is the kingdom of God. So I might be the pointy bit at the end of the appendix one day and I might be the mouth another day. I might be those things at the same time. We can't be too literal because it is the supernatural body of Christ. But what we do know is that it's held together by Jesus. And the other thing we know, or maybe we don't, is that we are all part of it. Whether you know it, whether you choose to um, embrace it, or whether you choose to run away from it, we are all part of the body of Christ. It says in, further down in that passage, in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is part of it. We just are. That's how we've been made. And 
we need to accept that we are all part of the body of Christ. And in Ephesians 1, verse 22, it says, I don't know, can you get that up, Phoebes? Ephesians 1, verse 22. And this is, again, um, we're talk- it's the Apostle Paul talking to the Ephesians, and um, he is talking about Jesus. And he says, And God placed all things under his, that's under Jesus' feet, and appointed Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, that's us, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is how we were designed to be connected, to be interconnected, to be filled through Jesus. And it says in that passage that Jesus fills everything in every way. How does he do that? We're going to have a quick look at John 16. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Jesus is about to leave his disciples and he's trying to prepare them for the fact that he is going to leave them. And he says, this is Jesus talking, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine, says Jesus. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me and what he will make known to you. So everything that Jesus has comes from the Father and everything that the Holy Spirit knows comes from Jesus. So how does Jesus fill everything in every way? He does it via the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our direct connection to Jesus and we have all been baptised into one Spirit. So the first thing that this brings us, this this corporate baptism, why is it important? Why do we need it? The first thing is that it brings us connection. You imagine, I couldn't do this as a demonstration because I'm not very practical or crafty, but imagine that we had a jar of marbles and you've got some marbles on the bottom and some on the top. They're not really connected to each other. But if you pour in some water... All the marbles are all connected to each other because they're all linked by the water. Everything is linked together. And the Holy Spirit doesn't operate in a vacuum. That's why sometimes when we come and hear a message or we come to church or somebody says it to us, we think, I've heard that before. Or I felt like the preacher was just talking directly to me. Or if you come to a prayer meeting and somebody shares a a Bible passage or a word that they've had from God and you think, oh, God said the very same thing to me. Or I was just reading that Bible passage as well. It's because the Holy Spirit moves throughout, doesn't he? He moves through us and in us. And there's always things that connect us. And it doesn't always mean that we are together, maybe it's in family hubs, maybe it's on a, in our everyday world, maybe it's on our streets or in our communities, but we're always being connected together by that Holy Spirit connecting us all. And there's a great, um, there's a, there's a great story in Acts 10, we're not going to go into it today, but it's basically, there's a man called Cornelius, and he has a vision from God. And the Holy Spirit says to him, go and send for a man called Simon Peter. He's in another town called Joppa. It's about a day or so's walk away. He says, go and send for that man because he's got something for you. Meanwhile, in this town of Joppa, 
God is also speaking to Simon Peter and he's saying to him, look out for some men. They're coming to find you. Three men are on their way to find you. So we've got one town where God is saying, oh, you need to go and find this chap. We've got another town where this chap is being told there's people on the way to find you. And I love that, that there's, there's this interconnection between the Holy Spirit working in one place and working in another place, and it all links together beautifully. I love to see that. And talking of connection, there's a great link here. About a week and a half ago, I was with our Connect group. Now, Connect meet on a Wednesday afternoon. And it was on the 15th of um, March, which is two days before St. Patrick's Day. So I thought, oh, let's look at the life of St. Patrick. We'd been looking previously about how the Holy Spirit causes us to be witnesses. And so we looked at the witness of St. Patrick, whose life was incredible. And we were looking at the prayer of St. Patrick. It's quite long, so we were just looking at the last third of it. And I had given everybody a sheet with the, with the prayer of St. Patrick on it. And I started to read that prayer. And as I read it, the other people around the table started to join in. And it starts like this. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Christ on my right, Christ on my left. And so it goes on. And the people in the group started to read this. And something happened. And we began to feel the Holy Spirit move. And it was a moment. You could feel the power of God. Isn't that right, Eileen? We could feel the power of God, couldn't we? And when we'd stopped reading, we were all sat around a table in this room. And there was this kind of look and we were all like did you feel that did you feel God move and we read it again and it was that connection where the Holy Spirit moves on a group of you and we're going to look at why that would happen so that's connection there's also transformation if we look again at that passage it says for we were all baptized by one spirit in the NIV it says so as to form one body and some versions say we were baptized by one spirit into one body now this word into is very interesting in the Greek the word is e-i-s which interestingly is spelt e-i-s and interestingly is pronounced e-i-s And this word means a lot of different things. And it's all about um, intention and about momentum. And one of its meanings is to do with a journey or a destination. So when we say that we are baptised together in the Holy Spirit, it's not this sort of baptism. It's not a putting to death baptism. It's this sort of baptism. We're being baptised forwards into something and it reminded me of a verse in the bible in 2 corinthians 3 verse 18 some of you will know it and it says we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another so this word eis is part of the transformation when we are baptized together in the holy spirit we are not baptized we are baptized we are baptized forward towards Jesus he takes us somewhere the purpose is not to make us feel good 
to impress us, to give us the feels, to make it all kind of woohoo. That's not the intention. If that happens, well, maybe that's good. But the purpose is as part of our spiritual formation. The purpose is to make us more like Jesus. The purpose is that we become more like Jesus together. It's amazing. So that's transformation. And then also, it brings unity. That baptism together in the Holy Spirit brings unity because as I've already said, Jesus is holding it all together. And it's all very well me saying, well, the Holy Spirit sets us on this trajectory and when we're baptised, we're all going. But what if we're not all going in the same direction? That's going to be a bit of a disaster. The great thing is that the Holy Spirit brings unity And it's all about the common ground. As Trevor mentioned this morning, when we break bread together, when we have the bread and wine together, we share one body and we drink from one cup. And it's all about the unity. It's all about a a shared experience that brings us all together. And being baptised into one body happens for all of us together, that transformation. Be it for the local church here or for the wider church, as we saw this morning when we were on top of Castle Hill. And unity really is something that is central to our faith together. Paul talks about the Jews and the Gentiles being one body. Now, they would naturally be enemies. But in many places, Paul talks about them coming together. He says in verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 12, can we get that up? Phoebes, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26. I'll read it, see if it comes up. But God, but God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. And unity doesn't just bring us together. It brings us equality. It makes us equal. And that's really important. It brings honour to the parts that are lacking, which means nobody should ever feel inadequate. Nobody should ever feel devalued. Nobody should ever feel that they can't or don't play their part. Because the Holy Spirit brings out in us the nature of Jesus. The Holy Spirit overcomes that human nature We can't be unified without being baptised into one body because we can go further and higher as individuals and our human nature is often for us about our self-interest but actually the Holy Spirit brings so much more than that. Now we've heard about this um, move of God in Asbury, and I was reading something um, from Rich Wilson, who is one of the guys that went across to see what was happening, and this is what he wrote. It was heartening to see the wisdom of older, mature leaders recognise that they must serve what is happening. Coaching behind the scenes and from the sides, they have created lots of space on the platform for 18 to 25-year-olds to lead. When I read this, I was so excited. I was actually weeping because I looked at this and just thought, I long for that. I want to do that. 
I want to stand to the side and let an 18 to 25-year-old or whoever come and I have made space for them. And I can quietly coach from the side. But I am serving what is happening. And it's so important that that's what we do. And that's what the baptism in the Holy Spirit when we're all together, brings to us. It means that we all serve what is happening. We do not serve ourselves. It means that we know where our place is. And I know that if I'm in the background, if I'm making the coffee, if I've got a high-vis jacket on in the car park, I am no less noble or important than the person on the platform because I am serving what is happening. And what is happening is the most important thing. So unity, where we're all pulling together, all going in the same direction. And there's a psalm of David, Psalm 133, that says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And he talks about how it's like the oil coming down, it's like the dew on Mount Hermon. And then he says, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, life forevermore. That's for us people. So this baptism, this corporate baptism into one body, it brings us connection, it brings us transformation, it brings us unity. And in verse 13, it says, we were all given the one spirit to drink. And that is our responsibility. When we come together on a Sunday, when we come for these opportunities for the Holy Spirit to move, our responsibility is to come ready, to come thirsty, to come hungry, to come making sure that when we get together, we make the most of it and that we come and drink the Holy Spirit together. We are one body, whether we feel it, realize it, act like it, like it or not, and the Holy Spirit is moving. He is filling us, he is surrounding us, he is speaking to us, and we are this glorious body, that is Jesus' body. We are a beautiful bride, and Jesus is head over all of it. Let's come together and drink of this Holy Spirit. Let's make the most of every opportunity. We've got an opportunity now just to respond to that. I think the band are going to come back. And we're just going to worship again together and enjoy our time in the Holy Spirit.